Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Have together and we're going to jump into the Word of God. And uh, we were talking in our growth group this morning and how important the Word of God is to our lives. And we need it today. And it's the Word of God that uh, changes hearts. It's the Word of God that what we just saw in presentation, that the Word of God is behind that. And the Word of God is what we have to um, share with others, and I praise it, uh, God for giving it to us. He's committed it to us, and uh, he's allowed us to gather around it today. So don't take for granted the Bible that's sitting in your hands. Let's stand for a moment here and find Nehemiah chapter number 6, Nehemiah chapter number 6 and verse number 1. Nehemiah chapter number 6 and verse number 1. Bible says this, now it came to pass that when Sambalat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies, Nehemiah speaking, heard that I builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein. There was no opening, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sambalat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. We should all just say Ono. Oh, I mean, it just sounds like a bad invitation right there, right? <laughs> it just, it's not good. But they thought to do me mischief. Okay, that's, that's really how Satan works, doesn't he? He just wants to distract you. Why don't you just come over here? Uh, don't spend time with God. Uh, you can do that a little later on in the day. Just come over here, right? Uh, come meet meet this person that really needs you right right now verse number three nehemiah chapter six verse three and i sent messengers unto them saying i am doing a great work so that i cannot come down why should the work cease whilst i leave it and come down unto you not very politically correct we could use some of his resolve yet they sent unto me four times after this sort and I answered them after the same manner. Why should I come down to you? Verse number 15, look at it with me. So the wall was finished in 20 and, uh, on the 25th day of the month Elu in 50 and two days. That's pretty amazing. We'll talk about that wall and what a feat that, that was. But for the next few moments, I want to... I wanna talk to you this morning about conquering faulty fixations things that we get fixated on we get focused on and as long as we're focused on them we will never experience the triumph of christ you'd be seated and i'm going to pray father would you guide us this morning lord you've been moving in our church in so many marvelous ways we praise you for the souls that have come to know you this week uh, we praise you for answering prayer now, Lord, I am aware 
that we as your people get fixated on, on different issues in our lives, whether they be sin or obstacles. Lord, I have no doubt that every believer that is gathered here today desires to experience the conquering, the triumph of the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. I pray that you would help us to get the right focus this morning. May you guide us in these moments that we have together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we dealt with the matter of unforgiveness, conquering unforgiveness, Matthew chapter number 18. That's a weighty subject. And uh, in all reality, if you're going to take a step to follow the Lord in that, it's going to take courage, it's going to take resolve in your own heart to say, I'm going to be right with somebody else, I'm gonna, I want them to be right with me, I want to deal with this matter in a way. And we remember last week, we ended what Jesus says, hey, make sure that you're forgiving from the heart irregardless of whether there's reconciliation, make sure that you're forgiving from the heart. Even before someone asks, make sure that you have a heart of forgiveness like our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you are thankful this morning that Jesus had a heart of forgiveness for you? Amen. Praise the Lord for that. And we need to have that same heart. We need to model him. But I am aware that sometimes we get fixated as God's people on the person who hurt us or the problem, the sin, and we get fixated. I can't forgive that person. I can't uh, stop um, being um, bitter against them. I just can't, and we get fixated on the problem. It's not just sins that we get fixated on, like lust and lying, disobedience and, and coveting. We get fixated. I want, I want to um, be over it, but I get fixated on the problem. My focus is all on, i got to stop doing this. i got to stop doing this, sort of like the, the wet paint uh, sign on a, on a wall, don't touch this. And, and, and it's like, I gotta, I gotta touch it because it says don't touch it. And we get in our minds, I, I don't wanna do this, I don't wanna do this. And we just, we, we fixate on it and we continue in it. I want us to also think about the fact that we do the same with obstacles. There are obstacles in our lives as believers that we get fixated on and we say, I just can't. We already preached about that a couple weeks back when the, when the children of Israel says, I, we can't go up. There's no way we can overcome the giants. And we get fixated on the obstacles and we don't experience the triumph of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. So what I want you to do is I want you to write down on your sheet of paper there, your message guide in the, in the worship guide, uh, what is the sin or the obstacle that you are fixating on that you're dealing with in your life and has become overwhelming to you? In other words, it has become bigger than God to you. Now think about that. It's amazing what we allow to become bigger than God to us. So it, it might be a sin, it might be covetousness, it might be lying, it might be what you're hiding on your device. It has become bigger than, than God to you and you're, you're struggling with it, you become fixated on it and oftentimes we fixate on the sin or the obstacles in hope of conquering it. And you come to church and say, I want victory over it. I, I want to be free of my unforgiveness. I want to be free of the bitterness. I want to be free of the pornography. I want to be free of this, this sense of fear, this overwhelming, deep sense of fear in my life. I want to be free from it, and we get fixated on it. But friends, I want us to realize the key to conquering is not to fixate on the problem, but to fixate on the conqueror. He has already conquered. We already have, we've studied that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And it is so important that we adjust our focus, that we stop being fixated on the problem, stop being fixated on the sin or the obstacle, but focus on our Savior who has all the power that is necessary to overcome that besetting sin, all the power that is necessary and all the, the strength you need to forgive that person who's really hurt you. Nehemiah lived a life of focus towards God. 
Nehemiah as an individual was a man that was constantly focused on God. When the problems came, he like the Apostle Paul at the end of 2 Timothy where he listed out the different problems and four times at the end of that, that book he goes, but the Lord, but the Lord, Alexander the coppersmith did me much hurt. The Lord reward him according to his doings, but the Lord, but the Lord. Well, Nehemiah was that way. He was constantly turning the subject back over to the Lord. I want us to think about this man, Nehemiah, for a moment. He was a Jew in captivity, not a pleasant experience. He was uh, in Shushan, uh, the palace, and he was a a, a cupbearer to the Persian king, Artaxerxes, number one. And so his job was to basically take a sip of the the king's drink and make sure it wasn't poisoned. Fun job, right? Uh, If he fell over dead... Uh, then I guess it was poison. So he was the cupbearer, he was responsible, and he was a very, uh, very close. He was one who would be very trusted by this heathen king. He had received word from those that had went back to Jerusalem to build the temple uh, uh, at the command of Cyrus and go back uh, under, uh, before Ezra and under Ezra and to build the temple. And so he, uh, he got word back from these that were over in Jerusalem many, many miles away, and he had heard that the walls around Jerusalem were still in rubble. They were heaps of rubble. And so as you think about it, this is not uh, the, this is a smaller uh, segment of what he would be putting together, but the walls around Jerusalem would, uh, would, be, would be in complete rubble, though the temple was rebuilt, and that, on that faced a lot, of, uh, a lot of opposition. It was built. Ezra chapter 6 and verse number 15, God used Haggai the prophet to stir the people up, to stop walking by the foundation and say, hey, let's rise up and build the temple. He used Zechariah to say, hey, uh, it's not going to be by your might nor by your power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And by the way, that's the same way that we're going to accomplish any vision that God has given us this year, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord God. It's going to be with his help. How are we going to get the finances? It's going to be with his help. How are we going to move forward? How is it all going to practically lay out? Hey, it's with his help that we see the Lord uh, will do that, just like he did it for them in that day. And so the worship was restored, but the walls were not. In fact, it, we find in the early part of Nehemiah, my, I'm just gonna, I should just stop and, and preface this, this is not an expositional message in the sense we're going to go through Nehemiah. This is an overview, I hope, to whet your appetite. Really, what I, what I really want to do is I want to come back and preach a whole series through Nehemiah. My heart is stirred by this man. It, it's just, he's an unbelievable individual. But I want to get across a point to us today that I think will help us keep moving forward for the Lord. So the worship was restored, but not the walls. They're in rubble. Nehemiah says in the first part of the book that this was a reproach to Jerusalem. It was a reproach. And the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 25 and verse number 28. He that hath his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. It's a shameful thing. A man that cannot maintain a good spirit, cannot uh, keep his temper is like a man without walls. It's a shameful thing. And you've all been at work when somebody blew up and no one was saying, hey, way to go, way to go. No, everyone was embarrassed for him, right? And the same sense we have with the walls around Jerusalem being in rubble, it was an embarrassing thing for a city not to have walls. And by the way, this is not political, this is Bible. It's an embarrassing thing for our nation to reject walls. And it is an embarrassing thing for people to be rolling in illegally over the borders. We want them to receive the gospel, and our job to them is to give them the gospel. God's brought them here, right? We need to have the right balance. 
but it's not right that we would just say, hey, whatever, no nation in history has, has done this type of thing and stood long. We are, we are acting shamefully, we are acting ignorantly as a nation, and it is, it is, it is a part of a whole big package of, uh, of really godless agendas that is going on in our nation right now. So Nehemiah goes back. Now think about this. This is a, this is a man that is, is serving the king. He's doing a great job there in, in Persia, and God moves on his heart to go back and build walls, to build walls. To keep enemies out. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, the Bible speaks to a lot of what we deal with in our day. And if we just read the Bible, and if our leaders would read the Bible, and would respect the word of God, countries would run a lot better. And so we also, we can't just point at them, churches run better when we read the Bible, and we follow it. Our lives run better when we read the Bible and follow it. Are you all with me? And so let's, let's follow it. So here he is. He builds the walls in, in 52 days as we read. Now these walls were about two and a half miles around in, in length around this, this area. So this was not all of, all of it. It was a portion of, of what Jerusalem would later be. And, uh, and we find that they're about 39 feet tall. I think this ceiling is right at 17 is what I understand. This stage is about 28 feet wide, so you can just imagine it's a pretty tall wall. Uh, they are somewhere in the neighborhood of 8 uh, plus feet wide. They ha uh, had 34 watchtowers along with 7 gates, and so this was a mammoth undertaking, and it was not call up a contractor across town to come build it. It was go get the priest, go get the coppersmith, go get and you get the idea, go get all these guys and let's get together and build. And by the way, hey, we're going to have a, a chance in, in a, a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so, we're going we're gonna to call people that are not painters, are not, you know, have never, uh, have never gotten together around a bus and, uh, and sanded it and got it ready for painting, but we're going to call the church together and you know what, just like they did, we're going to get that thing painted to the glory of God to get it looking better and get it ready for adventure camp. Hey, there's sometimes God's people just have to get together and God to give them the skill. You with me on that? There are sometimes the, the words, I've never done it before, don't really work around church. They just don't. By God's grace, we'll figure it out. Amen? Amen, men? Are you with me? And sometimes we just have to have that adventurous, pioneer spirit to go forward for the Lord. And so here it is. I mean, there's, there's ladies building on this wall. I mean, there's all sorts of people just getting involved in the, in the work. You can read through that on your own, and maybe we'll, we'll do a series together on it. But they built this in 52 days as they all came together and had a heart and a mind to work, even though they hadn't done it that way before or done it before. So how in the world did Nehemiah find all this triumph? How in the world did Nehemiah lead this group of people? He, he, he has to travel over from Babylon. He has to, uh, has to get there and, and, and create a plan. How in the world did all this triumph come, uh, come about? And I'm going to submit to you this morning that Nehemiah's triumph, the triumph that he experienced in this book, is uh, for no other reason but for his focus on his God. And I'm going to show it to you this morning. Nehemiah characteristically focused on God and not the problem. When he first got in Jerusalem, he himself rode around without telling everybody. He himself rode around and looked at and surveyed the situation, began to allow God to burden his heart, began to allow God to create a vision and say, this is the way that we're going to go forward. He got some other people involved and began to explain it to them and, and put the, on the burden on their hearts. But all the while, right within the first chapter, 
we find that Nehemiah is going to God in prayer. And over and over, Nehemiah prays. Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse number 4, we find him beginning to pray through verse number 11. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned and, and certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Even before he got over to Jerusalem, he was praying. In chapter 2 and verse number 4, as he comes to the, the priest or to the king with a sad countenance, he knew that that was against the law. He prayed and said, Lord, I need your help. Basically, he threw up... Uh, just a short brief prayer because he was going to be presenting this need before the king and he needed God's favor. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse number 4, we find he is praying and asking God to deal with his enemies. Chapter 5 and verse number 19, he's seeking the favor of God for the care that had come up within the people of God, within the nation of Israel. And he led the way with his own generosity. But he's praying, God, I pray that you would help me and and i pray that you'd care for for your people and care for me as i care for them chapter six and verse number nine the threats were mounting as they were gathering together and building the wall and he's praying against his enemies sometimes we get wishy-washy in our prayers sometimes there's just a time to pray lord i pray that you bring that leader down like a putin We are seeing great evil flourish in our, in our country. And friends, may I just say this? I said this to a pastor friend earlier. This, there, is much, there is much responsibility on God's people within this land who have backed up and said, we aren't getting involved anymore in who we elect and who we, uh, who we, incur, uh, who we get behind. We, don't, we do church and there's politics, but we, the two don't blend. And you know what? There's a lot of fault in God's people because elections have consequences and what we're seeing right now on the world stage, we're seeing uh, the demise of all morality. God hates the shedding of innocent blood. There is great injustice that has happened in our land. There is great deceit that is being wrought across our land. We don't have a moral compass anywhere in sight in leadership. And friends, there is times where we just pray, Lord, I pray that you would bring them down. I pray that you would bring them judgment, and Nehemiah did that. He prayed against the, on the threats, the slander, the opposition of these enemies. By the way, the best place to go with this is to God in prayer. Oh, how we need to be going to prayer. Chapter 6 and verse 14, he prayed uh, concerning those who were claiming to be religious leaders. And there's plenty of them right now. You find them on the cable news and you know, speaking how you ought to act as a Christian and so on. He prays against those that were uh, acting as religious leaders trying to, pray, uh, to, to pull them away from the work. Religious leaders that say, oh, you shouldn't meet and you should just follow everything that's said and continue to, continue to um, batten down the hatches and continue not to go forward for the Lord in these days. You know what? Religious leaders in those days were doing the same exact, same exact thing and we've heard all the voices and all that going on in our society today and the promoting of fear. And Nehemiah prayed about that. He prayed about that. In fact, uh, these, uh, these religious, these quote-unquote religious leaders, hey, Nehemiah, it's getting really dangerous out there. Don't you know there's problems? There's people that don't like you very much. It's getting really dangerous out there. Why don't you come on and go hide out in the temple? Stop your work, hide out in your temple. Uh, hey, it's getting really dangerous out there. Why don't you hide out inside of your homes for about two years? Friends, it's the same old story over and over again, and the devil's right behind it. 
It's times for God's people to, to get into, into the prayer closet and pray and seek the Lord about it. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse number 5, the longest prayer recorded in the Scripture is Nehemiah getting before his God and confessing the sins of his nation. In fact, we find here in this prayer that he includes himself like an Isaiah in this prayer. He is confessing their sins as his own. And friends, we have some sin to be confessing to the Lord. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. We can blame leadership, we can, we can talk about all that, but we need to get before our God and start getting serious about this matter of, of, of prayer and seeking the Lord in corporate repentance. Nehemiah chapter 13, the book ends with Nehemiah saying four times, Lord, my God, remember me, remember me, remember me. Nehemiah was a man of prayer that focused on God. You and I, you and I can only be titled as those that are focusing on God if we are seeking him in prayer. If we're seeking his word. Prayer is us going to God and getting our attention off the sin and off the obstacles, not that we're not dealing with them, but getting them on the one who can help us deal with them. Focus makes all the difference. Nehemiah prayed, confessing their sin. Nehemiah 1 and verse number 7. We have dealt very corruptly against thee. We have. We have. By the way, our nation has. The amount of abortions that have happened in our nation is shameful. He talked about it happening in, in, uh, in uh, Australia. But the fact is, we have opportunities right now to stand up against it in our nation and stem the tide. God's people ought to be the, the loudest, most vocal about this in a kind and gentle manner, standing up and saying, hey, we ain't, we're not for this matter of abortion. This is murder of the innocent in our, in our land. And so he said, we have dealt very corruptly. God hates the shedding of uh, innocent blood. And yet, how many times have we passed by and not even stopped to even pray against the abortion clinic on Stroop Road? And to look at those maybe who are standing out there who may, may not do it the way that you would do it, but look at them with, what, what, what's wrong with you? Why would you stand out there and, and walk the sidewalks? Friends, we have blood on our hands in America. Wickedness. Wickedness. Confession is the only true way of dealing with sin. Psalm 66 and verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, friends. We've got to deal with it. Nehemiah did. He also prayed concerning the obstacles that were in front of him. In verse number 4 of chapter 4, Hear, O Israel, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head. Turn the shame back on them, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. He's praying against his enemies. And cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. He prayed against the obstacles. Nehemiah 6 and verse number 9. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Verse number 14. My God, think upon uh, Tobiah and Sabalit according to their works. And on these, this prophetess Nodiah and the rest of the prophets that they, uh, that they have put me in fear. And he's praying against the obstacles. Praying, bringing it to the Lord in prayer. And I'm just saying this. That if we desire to conquer like is our desire in prayer this year there's going to have to be a stop fixating on the problem and get our focus back on God. 
What is it in your life this week you've been fixated on and you say, I can't, I can't, I can't, I cannot forgive him? Your focus is in the wrong place. Your focus is in the wrong place. When desiring to conquer, we must focus on God. We must view every sin and obstacle through God, not God through our sin and obstacles. It's a big, big difference. Let God arise in your heart. Let God arise in our church. Where's your focus this morning? Where's your focus? What are you fixated on? So what did Nehemiah do? After he prayed, and the, the book is dripping with prayer. It's like he just, he just erupts in spontaneous prayer to God. There's his focus, but there wasn't just prayer, just say, hey, I prayed this morning, so I'm all good. No, there was a moving forward in faith. No, Nehemiah would not get sidetracked, and we see that in chapter number six especially. He says, now when Sambalat and Tobiah and Geshem and the Arabian and the rest of the enemies heard that I built the wall, and there was no breach left therein, so they're, they're hearing about all this, and they're sending the messengers. What did Nehemiah do? Hey, why don't you come down, meet with me in another city. Let's, let's get together, dialogue about this. Let's see how that we can get together i'll never forget the phone call uh, during the midst of some of the restrictions and we were hosting an outreach an outdoor outreach when i received a call from from a governing agency saying your outreach your event is outside the spirit of the mandate this isn't a church outreach well we're going to be preaching the gospel we've made these preparations to make sure that people are safe and it's outdoor spend a lot of money on a tent do you know what the enemies of God come up against it over and over and over again. One of the things I told that man on the phone was simply this. If this is real and this is taking lives, then my job is all the more important. But here's what his question was. After he read me back the statement, this is over a year, you know, back 2020. After he read me back the statement, he says this. Now, what can we do about this? Like hoping that we'd say we're canceling two hours before the event. You think it wasn't going on, friends. This is what was going on across our nation. There is a great deception that has fallen upon God's people to think, hey, everything's good. They're all for our safety. Friends, there's a great deception that's fallen among God's people. And, and there's so much distraction that has come. There's so much. I'm not, well, we've all faced heartache out of this, haven't we? Our heart hurts for people we've lost. But the fact of the matter is, Satan can take something that's bad and make it even worse. And that's exactly what's happening and bringing God's people to fear. Hey, come talk about it. And what did he say? I'm doing a very great work. Let me ask you a question. Is the communication of the gospel to people that are dying and on their way to an eternity in hell a great work? Yeah, it is. Nothing should stop us, yet it, yet it did. I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Four times they come up against him. I find that Nehemiah had great resolve and great confidence in his God. Where did that confidence come from? Prayer. I'm afraid that we did not have confidence, and I did not sometimes have confidence because we were not spending the time in prayer. We didn't have the poise to meet the world and the flesh and the devil. Friends, what God is doing in our church right now is a holy, holy work of God. 
I call you to prayer. I call you men to Saturday night prayer. I call you to 530 prayer tonight. God is doing a holy work. And this is not a small thing that God is doing. Just uh, last Sunday night, one of the prayers specifically offered on this, on this ground was answered this week. We see God working. This is a holy work. But you will have fear and trepidation in your heart apart from getting alone with God and getting focused on him. Apart from getting focused on him, you'll be fixated on every obstacle out there. The news will send you into a tailspin. Turn off the news, you'll feel better. I'm serious about that. You will feel physically better. Go to the prayer closet. Well, I'm not going to be in the know. God will help you to know exactly what you need to know. But friends, more than what you need to know, there's something that people need to know from you. That's the gospel. That is the news they need to hear. And so here we are. He, is, he is, has great resolve. I will not come down. And he's continuing to pray against his enemies. But you know what I find? Verse number 15, the walls are built. That's exactly what the enemy did not want to happen. And he, if he had stopped, they would have been delayed. They built them in 52 days. The walls are built. There's a great, there's a great, <laughs> there is a great rejoicing that happens in this, much to the chagrin of his enemies. And, and God proved himself strong, gave Nehemiah the triumph as he just stayed focused on God. But I want you to know this wasn't just a snapshot in Nehemiah's uh, life. It wasn't just 52 days. Just for revival did he pray. May I just urge you, if God worked you on you in revival and moved on your heart in revival, don't you dare go back on what God did in your heart. So 13 years later, I find the, the book closing out in chapter number 13, and four times he's going back to God, and he's saying, remember me, God, remember me. And this would become a pattern in his life. Chapter 13 and verse number 14, remember me, oh my God, concerning this, and wipe not out my good deeds that I've done for the house of my God and for the offices thereof. And you know what he's doing at that point? He came back to Jerusalem and he found out that there was, there was, there was problems in the temple, and the priests weren't doing some things right, and they weren't being cared for by the people, and you know what? He started to bring some order, sounds a little bit like Titus, bringing order to the work of the Lord, and so he, he's dealing with this, and now he's praying, Lord, I pray that you would give me favor for what I've done with the temple and for your priests, and bringing care back to them. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 22, he restored honor to the Sabbath day. The people weren't honoring God's day. God was the one who said, work six days and then rest one. Even Christians think they can get by without honoring the Lord's principle there. Nehemiah comes back into town and he sets it in order and it says this in verse number 22, and I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves and they should come and keep the gates to sanctify the Sabbath. Remember me, oh my God, concerning this also and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. You know what he did? He just did the right thing and then asked God to bless it. He didn't wait, well, God, you, do, you bless me and then I'll do the right thing. No, he did the right thing and asked God, God, would you come through for me? I'm kind of over a barrel here. Would you come through for me? He contended for purity. People were intermarrying, and then even the priests were intermarrying with heathen women. And so in verse number 29, remember them, O my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. He prayed about this matter of God's people are walking around in sin. They're, they're, they're linking up with the world. They're, 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 
they're marrying in a, in a way that's not right. They're, they're, they're unequally yoked, and, and they think that this is going to be good, and they're, they've sacrificed uh, uh, the blessing of God for some temporal pleasure, and this isn't right, and he got burdened about this matter, and so he asked the Lord, remember me as I take care of this matter, standing up for holiness among God's people. By the way, if you want to draw a crowd, preach about being happy. If you want to, draw, uh, if you want to turn away a crowd, preach about being holy. That's not original. It was an old preacher of the past that said, uh, said something to that effect. The, the fact is, God's people still get in messes. We get in messes and get into things that we shouldn't be getting in. God desires holiness. Be holy, for I am holy. And so Nehemiah is praying all the way through. Notice here, he's praying through the challenges. So what again do we learn about him? He's focused on God as he's moving forward one step at a time by faith. That's what we need to do this week. That's what we need to do. So I bring you to the last verse. This touched my heart. The last verse of Nehemiah, verse 31. It's talking about the wood for the offering at the appointed times and the first fruits, and then the, the, the whole book ends with a prayer. Remember me, oh my God, for good. Remember me, oh my God, for good. We find that the book starts after the introduction with a prayer. In fact, many, many days of fasting and deliberate prayer. And that it ends with him walking through challenges that were in front of him through prayer. Lord, you don't know what's on my, in my email inbox this week that I have to deal with. You walk through it through prayer. And you move forward honoring God no matter what the consequences are with prayer. With prayer. And oh, that we would focus on God and that we'd move forward in faith as Nehemiah did Oh my God, remember me for good. You study any Bible character that was a conqueror and you're going to find similarities to the life of Nehemiah. A man that got focused, a woman that got focused on God. You and I are no different. We need the same desire and passion not to get fixated on the sin or the obstacle, but to fixate or to focus on God. That's what we need. And I guarantee you, every one of us needs to adjust our focus even today. And that's what I'm going to invite you to. Would you stand with me in prayer? Let's adjust our focus today. Let's allow God, before we leave this place, to adjust our focus to the right place. Let God arise in your heart. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we ask that you would help us. We are your people. We are finite. We get, we get in messes. Uh, and Lord, how many times do we find ourselves so fixated and just consumed with the with the sin that might be in our lives or the, the obstacles that we're facing and we say we can't and we make excuses, Lord, I pray that you adjust the focus of your people. Help us to go forward mightily with confidence for your glory this week and this year, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Before you move and before, you, um, before we um, leave this attitude of prayer, I would just ask uh, these questions. How many of you would say uh, this morning, Pastor, there is a sin that I've become fixated upon. I've become fixated upon it. I've allowed that, that sin to become bigger to God to me. Bigger than God to me. I see that I need to change my focus. You say, God, work in my heart about that. Would you raise your hand if that's you this morning? Amen. 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 It's not bigger. You that are raising your hand, it is not bigger than God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Maybe you'd say, there's an obstacle that I've been fixated on rather than God. It's not a sin, but it's an obstacle. The devil's throwing up. It's an obstacle, and I've become fixated on it. I can't get it off my mind. All I talk about that is, uh, about it is that. That's the obstacle. God, show me. I need to change my focus. 
who's here this morning with that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, say with uh, Nehemiah, boy, I just want to be one that seeks after God in prayer. I'm going to give myself to that just like Nehemiah did and take the steps that God shows me this week. You say, God's working in my heart. I want to be just like Nehemiah. I want to be, amen. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give time to pray. I'm going to kneel and pray, but I invite you to come kneel and pray. Let's come and pray right here at this altar. You that raise your hands, let's come and pray. I want to encourage you to just bend before the Lord and change your focus. Change your focus. Not fixated. Not fixated. Might mean you need to go to a brother, brother or sister in Christ. Seek forgiveness. Give forgiveness. Not fixated on that problem, that sin anymore. No, not me. If you're not able to come to the altar, I just encourage you, just sit down in your seat. Take some time with God in prayer. Right there. The important thing, friends, praise God. The important thing is that you deal with God in prayer. time with the Lord in his presence there isn't a hurry Father, you see the hearts of your people and how thankful we are that you see them and not us. We have our own problems to deal with. Lord, I thank you that you not only see them, but you, you give steps. You give ways that we can change. You told us that your word is given to us for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So Lord, I, I know that you're going to help each person here that is 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 prayed and cried out to you that you would help them to change their focus lord i pray that you give great victory great triumph this week today i pray for that lord you know the specific needs that are on hearts that are been kneeling in this auditorium and and asking you for for help you know the need so i pray that you would give victory we love what you're doing here we cherish it we look forward to you working in our hearts again this evening and Throughout the day, we just ask that we would just stay pliable to you and responsive to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
as you stay standing, we'll just briefly announce some things, but I did want to say, if you do not know that you're saved this morning, what I mean by that, you don't know that when you die, you'll spend eternity in heaven. If you died today, where would you spend eternity? You ought to be able to answer that. We want to help you with that answer. And uh, we'd love to we'll stay, stay as long as needed, but take the Bible and show you one-on-one how you can know for certain. I'll be out by the Welcome Center right afterwards. If you'll just th- come grab my hand and say, I need someone to show me. We'll t- have a lady take a lady, guy take a guy. And uh, that, that offers to you, that is, that is the most important thing that could ever happen to you today. And so I invite you to that. Uh, this year, as we've been going forward and just asking the Lord to cause us to be conquerors uh, through Christ and knowing that he is, we have been uh, just keeping this vision in front of us. Church family, let's say it together. What's our three part of our vision? Winning souls, making disciples, and preparing for the harvest. And the Lord has been honoring this. Uh, I'm just amazed as I open up the vision guide every, every single uh, day in my devotional time and seeing God answer specific prayer. And God is doing it. We're not. God is. And so let's keep on the, on the trail. But this matter of winning souls, just, uh, just this week, we got to see a soul come to Christ at the, at the, uh, the men's uh, dinner, and that was a, 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 just a great blessing to see. And so we pray that the Lord continues to add. Uh, my little uh, daughter, Savannah, uh, made a pres- um, profession of faith uh, yesterday morning, and the Lord had just begun working in her heart. heart and in our prayer time, she started praying about thanking God for uh, uh, Jesus coming and dying for her sins. And uh, it was precious to hear her uh, say that this morning on the car ride in. Thank you for coming and dying for my sins. That's just ama- amazing. And uh, so as, uh, as we do, we just go forward and uh, continue to, uh, to seek souls. I encourage you about Saturday at 1 p.m. Let's be together at that Grace Goes time. And then making disciples, let's continue. Uh, if you have not yet enrolled in continued discipleship, I, I encourage you to do that. That's ongoing. That can be one-on-one as well. And uh, we have exciting things happening. In the next couple of weeks, we're getting the West Wing floor going down. God is providing for that through you. God is providing, uh, and, and it is just such a blessing. The flooring is in Tip City, and uh, we'll be picking it up on the 5th, and uh, that'll be going down starting March the 14th, and that's going to revolutionize that, that end. We have the Conquerors for Christ offering coming up to help us to get after some of these other uh, other projects, and so that's April the 3rd, and we want to be praying for that, setting aside for that, asking God to provide through us as a church family, so we praise the Lord for that. Hey, I uh, just wanted to show you a couple pictures. Uh, there's the guys event, and uh, we, we got to sing together, and we'll do some more of that. Brought a challenge uh, to the men, just uh, so thankful to spend time together, and we played human foosball forever. I think there was like 62 quarters. Seven. Seven. It was fun, and all the guys got involved, and I, I think uh, all the guys' backs are still okay. Might not be some chairs okay after that night, but it was, it was a good time, uh, good time together. So uh, anyway, God is, God is blessing, and uh, we, we praise him. We, are, we don't, we don't uh, make momentum, God does, and uh, we just want to follow and be real sensitive to him. So let me encourage you about tonight. Let's be back together, 530, right here in the auditorium. We'll pray. Gather when you come in. Just gather right towards the front so we can pray together. And I believe that God's going to lead us in prayer tonight. He's going to lead us to pray for things that we need this week in our church family. And so let's do that tonight, 530, and then we're going to get into the book of Titus tonight and just really enjoy time together as a church family. Is there any other announcements? Okay. As far as other announcements go, this Tuesday, March 1st at 6 p.m., we'll be meeting here at the church to get ready for our uh, adventure camp. It'll be a first prop night, uh, preparation night together, God's so be here. Said. Amen. 
If we get started now, get started early, we'll yes. be near as stressful going in. So I'll be here Tuesday, this coming Tuesday uh, for that at 6 p.m. The Bended Knee Seminar is March 12th at 9 a.m. Uh, through 12.30. There will be a lunch after, but that is a Saturday, so we'll be here March 12th at 9 a.m. Uh, then we have the... Um, Brother uh, Jim Appel is going to be doing the floor, as Pastor just said. We need people to be able to do dinners for that. So the dates are the 12th through the 17th of March. So there's a sign-up sheet in the lobby. If you'd just be able to fill that out, if you're able to provide meals for him while he's here, that would be appreciated. Pastor? Amen. All right. I will also share a little bit about how we're going to uh, prepare for Adventure Camp coming up in June. And so there, there's a, a training track. So if, I want you to be thinking, praying, Does God, am I going to be involved? Does God want me to be involved in the venture camp? And uh, we invite you to be involved, but we will, we will take some training times to uh, train for that. We're going to be assembling the team uh, for that. It's going to be a wonderful year. And like I said a moment ago, we pray that God will enable us to get that other third bus ready so we can have a third route going into our community. And so uh, pray for those that are, are working on their, uh, their passenger endorsements, Brother Chris and Brother um, Brubaker working on their passenger endorsements to add to our, our bus uh, driver team. And we need people on the bus, so there's so many opportunities to be involved in that, but opportunities to work ahead of time. So praise the Lord. God is good. And don't you believe it? Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, let's go in the strength of the Lord and uh, ask him to, uh, to bring, well, I ask him. He wants us. To, he already told us not to forsake the assembling together tonight, so we're not going to ask him. We just obey him about that, right? Amen? Yeah. Amen. That was a little less enthusiastic. All right, let's be back together tonight. See you at six, uh, 5.30 and then 6. God bless you.